Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. Plato's Apology, Part 6 Again the jury deliberates and chooses the penalty of death. Socrates takes the opportunity at the end of the trial to again address the citizens of Athens. Not much time will be gained, O Athenians, in return for the evil name which you will get from the detractors of the city, who will say that you killed Socrates, a wise man. For they will call me wise, even although I am not wise, when they want to reproach you. If you had waited a little while, your desire would have been fulfilled in the course of nature. For I am far advanced in years, as you may perceive, and not far from death. I am speaking now not to all of you, but only to those who have condemned me to death. And I have another thing to say to them. You think that I was convicted because I had no words of the sort which would have procured my acquittal. I mean, if I had thought fit to leave nothing undone or unsaid. Not so. The deficiency which led to my conviction was not of words. Certainly not. But I had not the boldness or impudence or inclination to address you, as you would have liked me to do, weeping and wailing and lamenting, and saying and doing many things which you have been accustomed to hear from others, and which, as I maintain, are unworthy of me. I thought at the time that I ought not to do anything common or mean when in danger, nor do I now repent of the style of my defense. I would rather die, having spoken after my manner, than speak in your manner and live. For neither in war nor yet at law ought I or any man to use every way of escaping death. Often in battle there can be no doubt that if a man will throw away his arms and fall on his knees before his pursuers, he may escape death. And in other dangers, there are other ways of escaping death, if a man is willing to say and do anything. The difficulty, my friends, is not to avoid death, but to avoid unrighteousness. For that runs faster than death. I am old and move slowly and the slower runner has overtaken me. And my accusers are keen and quick, and the faster runner, who is unrighteousness, has overtaken them. And now I depart hence, condemned by you to suffer the penalty of death. They, too, go their ways, condemned by the truth, to suffer the penalty of villainy and wrong and I must abide by my award. Let them abide by theirs. I suppose that these things may be regarded as fated, and I think that they are well. And now, O men who have condemned me, I would fain prophesy to you, for I am about to die, and in the hour of death men are gifted with prophetic power. And I prophesy to you who are my murderers, that immediately after my departure, punishment far heavier than you have inflicted on me will surely await you. Me you have killed because you wanted to escape the accuser, 
and not to give an account of your lives. But that will not be as you suppose. Far otherwise. For I say that there will be more accusers of you than there are now, accusers whom hitherto I have restrained. And as they are younger, they will be more inconsiderate with you, and you will be more offended at them. If you think that by killing men you can prevent someone from censuring your evil lives, you are mistaken. That is not a way of escape which is either possible or honorable. The easiest and the noblest way is not to be disabling others, but to be improving yourselves. This is the prophecy which I utter before my departure to the judges who have condemned me. Friends who would have acquitted me, I would like also to talk with you about the thing which has come to pass, while the magistrates are busy, and before I go to the place at which I must die. Stay then a little, for we may as well talk with one another while there is time. You are my friends, and I should like to show you the meaning of this event which has happened to me. O oh, my judges, for you I may truly call judges. I should like to tell you of a wonderful circumstance. Hitherto the divine faculty, of which the internal oracle is the source, has constantly been in the habit of opposing me, even about trifles, if I was going to make a slip or error in any matter. And now, as you see, there has come upon me that which may be thought, and is generally believed to be, the last and worst evil. But the oracle made no sign of opposition, either when I was leaving my house in the morning, or when I was on my way to the court, or while I was speaking, at anything which I was going to say. And yet I have often been stopped in the middle of a speech, but now in nothing I either said or did, touching the matter in hand, has the oracle opposed me. What do I take to be the explanation of this silence? I will tell you. It is an intimation that what has happened to me is a good, and that those of us who think that death is an evil are in error. For the customary sign would surely have opposed me had I been going to evil and not to good. Let us reflect in another way, and we shall see that there is great reason to hope that death is a good. For one of two things, either death is a state of nothingness and utter unconsciousness, or, as men say, there is a change and migration of the soul from this world to another. Now if you suppose that there is no consciousness, but a sleep like the sleep of him who is undisturbed even by dreams, death will be an unspeakable gain. For if a person were to select the night in which his sleep was undisturbed even by dreams, and were to compare with this the other days and nights of his life, and then were to tell us how many days and nights he had passed in the course of his life better and more pleasantly than this one, I think that any man, I will not say a private man, but even the great king, will not find many such days or nights when compared with the others. Now if death be of such a nature, I say that to die is gain, for eternity is then only a single night. But if death is the journey to another place, and there, as men say, all the dead abide, what good, O oh my friends and judges, can be greater than this? 
If, indeed, when the pilgrim arrives in the world below, he is delivered from the professors of justice in this world, and finds the true judges who are said to give judgment there, Minos and Radamanthus and Iacus and Triptolemus and other sons of God who were righteous in their own life, that pilgrimage will be worth making. What would not a man give if he might converse with Orpheus and Musaeus and Hesiod and Homer? Nay, if this be true, let me die again and again. I myself too suffered death through an unjust judgment, and there will be no small pleasure, as I think, in comparing my own suffering with theirs. Above all, I shall then be able to continue my search into true and false knowledge, as in this world, so also in the next. And I shall find out who is wise, and who pretends to be wise, and is not. What would not a man give, O judges, to be able to examine the leader of the great Trojan expedition, or Odysseus, or Sisyphus, or numberless others, men and women too? What infinite delight would there be in conversing with them and asking them questions? In another world, they do not put a man to death for asking questions. Assuredly not. For besides being happier than we are, they will be immortal if what is said is true. Wherefore, O judges, be of good cheer about death, and know of a certainty that no evil can happen to a good man, either in life or after death. He and his are not neglected by the gods, nor has my approaching end happened by mere chance. But I see clearly that the time had arrived when it was better for me to die, and to be released from trouble. Wherefore the oracle gave no sign. For which reason also, I am not angry with my condemners, or with my accusers. They have done me no harm, although they did not mean to do me any good, and for this I may gently blame them. Still, I have a favor to ask of them. When my sons are grown up, I would ask you, O oh my friends, to punish them, and I would have you trouble them as I have troubled you. If they seem to care about riches or anything more than about virtue, or if they pretend to be something when they are really nothing, then reprove them as I have reproved you, for not caring about that for which they ought to care, and thinking that they are something when they are really nothing. And if you do this, both I and my sons will have received justice at your hands. The hour of departure has arrived, and we go our ways, I to die, and you to live. Which is better, God only knows. Tis the gift to be simple, tis the gift to be free, tis the gift to come down where we ought to be, and when we find ourselves in the place just right, t'will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right.